NCPR listeners love birds. We have Bird Note. We have lots of bird watchers. I've heard our morning host, Todd Moe, wants to be reincarnated as a loon. Now, Watertown doesn't like crows. They haze them every year. But in Plattsburgh, some folks want to be crows. This year's inaugural crow ride on today's Story of the Day. Support for Story of the Day comes from Long Run Wealth, an SEC-registered investment advisor in Lake Placid, providing comprehensive wealth management, retirement, and financial planning solutions. LongRunWealth.com. Hey, I'm David Summerstein. It's Tuesday, December 27th. First up, staff and teacher shortages continue to plague school districts across the United States and here in the North Country. As our education reporter Amy Feireisel reports, that's putting a logistical and financial strain on schools. According to a recent study by the National Center for Education Statistics, 86% of public schools report that they are still struggling to hire educators. They've been struggling since the fall of 2020 because of COVID-era retirements and fewer new teachers entering the field. Stan Majeka is the interim superintendent for the Shazy Central Rural School District in Clinton County. He says everyone is fighting for the same small pool of candidates. It turns into a, a, a bidding war. You know, if, if I have a math opening and two other districts have a math opening, that person's probably going to go where they can make the most money. That's driving starting teacher salaries way up, which is bad news for the North Country's rural, often poorer districts. When competing with a district outside the region, Majeka says the richer suburban or urban district almost always wins. Some districts have greater capacity to pay higher wages than other districts. That tracks with what the Education Statistics Survey found, which is that overall, poorer rural districts are having a harder time with hiring. Jennifer Gaffney is the Sackett's Harbor Superintendent in Jefferson County, which serves about 500 students. She has a science teacher retiring next May. We've already started our recruitment efforts now, uh, knowing that uh, science teachers coming out of institutions locally are few and far between. She says this new hiring world often has no options at all. I don't know if I'm going to even have one candidate to consider. And that is a very scary prospect. Stan Majeka says many North Country districts are already dealing with the reality of unfilled positions. You know, the quandary some districts are in, if you can't find a certified special ed teacher or a certified elementary teacher, somebody has to be in that classroom. It could be a, a, a teacher assistant. It could be somebody who is not certified to teach. And, and up here in this region, there, there's a lot of that. And inevitably, where there's a teacher shortage, there's a substitute shortage. Districts across the region are reporting smaller and smaller substitute rosters. Here in Shazy today, I have uh, two elementary classes where I, I, I don't have uh, teachers. Now, the New York State Education Department is not unaware of these issues. Over the last three years, they've been relaxing their own rules, even reverting back to more generalized certifications, making it possible for teachers to teach more subjects. That's been very welcome for staff-strapped districts, says Dale Brialt, BOCES superintendent for 16 districts in Franklin, Essex, and Hamilton counties. Uh, oftentimes we think of bureaucracies who are entrenched in their ways and they dig in their heels. And I'm really proud of the work that our state ed department is doing to start to think outside of that box and saying, OK, we need to break this log jam. Just last month, the department released a whole bundle of proposals for feedback. The aim is to address the shortage by making it easier to become and stay an educator. 
For example, Brielt says one proposal would create a more streamlined path for teaching assistants to become teachers. So that's really smart because, again, if we have somebody who's proven to be really good in front of students as a teaching assistant, why would we not encourage them to, you know, become teachers? One of the most radical proposals, according to Brielt, would allow districts to create their own teacher training programs as an alternative to a master's degree in education. Of course, for any of these proposals to take effect, NYSED would have to submit them to the Board of Regents for approval and a public comment process. But Brielt says the proposals signal a real shift in thinking. Stan Majeka, the interim superintendent in Shay Z, says the NYSED proposals might help with the shortage, but that there's a bigger problem, making teaching attractive again. You know, that person has to want to enter the, the, the teaching force. Teaching salaries are low compared to private sector jobs, and these days the promise of a state pension isn't so promising. The state has reduced retirement benefits for public employees, and new teachers have to work until they're 63 instead of 55. It's a diminished uh, retirement benefit, and I I think that has impacted uh, individuals' uh, willingness to come into the profession. With fewer teachers in the pool, the long story short is this. North Country districts are having a harder and harder time hiring. They're paying more for new teachers and yet still are contending with teacherless classrooms. Amy Feierisel, North Country Public Radio. So this fall, a few dozen people gathered on bikes and rollerblades and scooters to become a murder of crows. In one of our favorite stories from 2023, Kara Chapman takes us along for the city's first crow ride. It's a gloomy and starless night. I find Kimberly Cummins biking around the local farmer's market parking lot. (laughs) How's it going? I'm good. How are you? She's wearing a dark helmet and a black hoodie. It's got felt wings and wingtips attached. And then my bike is decorated with different lights that are like kind of sparkly because since I'm wearing a lot of black to try to look like a crow, I want to try to make myself as visible as possible at the same time. Cummins is the organizer of tonight's crow ride. It sounds just like what it is. A bunch of people dress up as crows, ride around and make some noise. It's the first Plattsburgh has ever had. Cummins says she loves crows. They're clever, adaptable, ingenious, she says. And she's done a crow ride before over in Burlington. It reminded me of, you know, like when you're a little kid and you're riding to your friend's house and you're kind of just goofing around and having a good time. And that's what she's hoping people get out of tonight's ride. I think we've gone through a lot lately and I I think this event has no real purpose except for just having fun with each other. And I think sharing this community bond of doing this silly thing for no good reason, you know, like and just for the the fun of it. Can I get your best car? Oh, uh. That's fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> As we talk, the next crow shows up. You have lights too! Hey, fellow crow! Wow. Lauren Zito wears a black feathered masquerade mask and a black tracksuit. She says this kind of thing matches her vibe. She was drawn in by how mysterious it was. Mysterious, and there was no sort of overreaching, like, why are we doing this? And the answer was, like, because we can. And Zito also I- says she needs to call it the night tonight. Her hometown is Lewiston, Maine, where 18 people died in a mass shooting in October. No, tonight I need to come out, deck my bike out with whatever, and see what happens. So kind of calling for Lewiston in a way. Yes, yes. Zito says we can't live in fear. And as more crows wheel in... Crazy is the night! Let us ride! 
it's easy to forget that fear. Laughter, whimsy, and joy take over. And even some non-human voices join in. Are those real crows? Yeah, I think so. Oh, nice. They're coming. Rylan McKay of Plattsburgh is here with her daughter, Evelyn. I'm wearing a black bat hoodie, but I'm just saying it's a crow because it's the only cool winged thing I have. Rylan says this kind of thing is right up their alley. They used to go to Burning Man as a family when they lived on the West Coast. We love dressing up and having fun. Yeah, Yeah. awesome. Soon, it's time for the safety talk. All right, my little crows, come on in! Cummins goes over the rules. Obey the stop signs, go slow, respect pedestrians and drivers. Then she leads her flock into the heart of downtown. One crow is on rollerblades and has these big black retractable wings. Andy Alger says it took about 12 hours to attach all the feathers. I'm hoping it looks like I'm flying when I actually skate. (laughs) Alger merges with the murder as it rides past. The crows make their way uptown towards SUNY Plattsburgh. By the time they wind around Hawkins Pond, they're about 40 strong. Cummins has them line up for a picture. Someone hands me a phone. Okay, woohoo! Awesome. Then Cummins gives the signal. All right, let's go, bro! And once again, they set off into the night. Kara Chapman, North Country Public Radio, Plattsburgh. That story first aired in November. Great story, great photos on our website, ncpr.org. We have more news all the time there, ncpr.org. Music today by Mark Corey of Watertown and Ben Cato of Jay. I'm David Summerstein, North Country Public Radio.